Welcome to the Kill the Lion podcast. It's me, Cody Clark. We have a lovely show for you today. Kyler Scopacasa is here. He's a filmmaker and an actor. He came on my radar because, uh, like myself, he made a film during the Oscars this year. He took part in Joel Haver's little contest slash uh, challenger, whatever you want to call it. He made a film called I Can Feel It Coming, a feature film in, in just about three hours. It's one of the best ones I've seen that were made that night, if not the best. It, it's one of my favorites, if not my favorite. We're going to talk about his film, we're going to talk about his background in, in, in filmmaking and acting, we're going to talk about much more. If you like the show, by the way, $2 per month, killthelinefilms.com, support the show and support the studio. Keep me making movies. And after the episode, go to YouTube and watch his film, I Can Feel It Coming, and watch my film, Oscars, which I shot on Oscar night. And now, Kyler Scopacasa. All right, Kyler, good to have you on the show. Hey, Cody. It's uh, good to be here. All right, so Kyler made a wonderful film, and he did it on Oscar night, much like I did with my film, Oscars. We did it as part of uh, Joel Haver's now yearly, hopefully, I hope it's an annual thing, making a movie instead of watching the Oscars, shooting an entire feature film in the time it would take to watch the uh, awards ceremony where they give each other the golden trophies and all that. You can you can go out and you can make a movie, and that's what that's what I did. That's what he did, and that's what 580 people did instead of watching the Oscars, which is incredible. It was it was an amazing feat. It was an incredible year, and you know I hope next year is even bigger and better. But one of my favorite films that I saw that was made during the Oscars this year was Kyler's film, and it's called I Can Feel It Coming. One of my favorites, if not my my absolute favorite, honestly, and uh, it's great to uh, you know talk to him and and talk to him about his movie. Yeah, I mean, I share the same feelings, you know, um, about the uh, the challenge that Joel Haver put out. Um, you know, I saw the video title, and he said it's my biggest idea yet, and I almost didn't click on it, and I was like. Okay, I'll get to it. You know, like I was going to get around to watching it. But then I'm so glad I clicked on it because I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. You know, like this is this is, you know, it's going to be amazing. Everyone is just going to it's just such a it's it's a challenge that I wanted to partake in because I was interested in the idea of um, kind of letting go of being precious, you know, like you, you don't want to. You know, you don't want to hold on and be like, oh, I got to get this shot just right. Oh, come on. Oh, you know, can you do that again? You know what I mean? So uh, doing it in the time frame that he uh, put down, you know, as the challenge was, it's such a brilliant idea. Um, and I know he was doing that stuff um, before, too, with, you know, he was in the bathtub and everything. And um, and to expand it in this way was just so cool and and. It feels, it really feels like a big communal effort, you know, and, and I really love your film too. And I, I really love all of your films, Cody. Um, and Oscars was, uh, your, your film Oscars was, uh, just really cool to watch. And it really, um, was really interesting. I've, I've never seen a film like the one you did before. It was very interesting. So I loved it. 
Yeah, that tends to be my motivation when making a movie is if I have an idea that I really haven't seen done before or done in the way that I want to do it, you know, that's that's definitely a, a kind of a hint to me from the universe to like maybe this is something that I'll do specifically. But, you know, we'll get into my film, but let's get into your film first, you know? <laughs> I can feel it coming. I should mention the criteria, by the way, for feature film for this, you know, contest slash challenge. Um, and the contest aspect is basically because I think he's going to be giving out awards for, um, you know, things he liked in certain movies or whatever, uh, either later this month, next month. I don't know exactly when that's going to happen. We're recording this before that's happened. But, you know, basically, it's it's kind of a, a self-challenge. You know, it's it's about the threshold is 40 minutes because that's that's the Academy Awards threshold, apparently, uh, for a feature film, which is way lower than anybody else's. But I think it's probably, I was trying to figure it out myself, it's probably a thing of like certain um, uh, documentaries, certain feature-length documentaries might be on the shorter side, so it's kind of a buffer for that. And then I guess that spills over towards films, you know, in general. Yeah, I don't know why that number is. I mean, because a lot of television shows are like 45 minutes or, you know, like or an episode. You know what I mean? It's like 45 or 30 minutes. Or, mine, mine is 38. So I'm like, oh, man, two more minutes and I would have been feature film gold. <laughs> you know? Oh, you could. I mean, you could kind of inflate that with titles yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and cards and stuff, you know. There, it's funny. There's a uh, there's a famous example of a, a film called uh, the Ginger Dead Man, which extended its runtime to about seventy minutes by having really absurdly slow end credits. Oh, that's smart. So <laughs> I think it's like fifteen twenty minutes of end credits or something like that. It's the slowest end credits you've ever seen in your life. But honestly, there are there are Hollywood movies that are seventy five minutes or so and they have really long credits so it's not just the little guys and the b-movie guys that are doing it i've seen hollywood movies that do it as well so i think with with a little bit of padding your film would be uh definitely over the 40 minute mark for sure yeah like because i was i was thinking about that kind of thing where it's it's like okay we have time to you know i don't know if you need to get a film to be 70 minutes or 80 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, like you have the time that you have to tell the story. And, and I'm really loving um, doing like long form stories now. Like, cause I, you know, all my life I've been doing, not all my life, but mostly I've been doing short films and, you know, starting out on YouTube and stuff and, and doing short stuff, but I'm really enjoying doing longer stuff like feature films and uh, wrote a play and, you know, these longer kind of stories, but, not for the sake of them just being long, you know, like actually having a story to tell that that um, you need to take the time to build these blocks, you know, and 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 I don't know if you can like it kind of feels like you have a bigger emotional payoff when it's a longer form kind of thing because there's so many different pieces. But I've also seen short films where I get I would, you know, cry in the first five minutes you know what i mean so i don't know like the i don't know what it is it, you know I, I don't know yeah it's just kind of interesting to ponder like that these longer form things you know you can kind of tell a wider story in a sense i guess 
Yeah, I think um, your film's a great example of a film that it doesn't really drag ever. Um, I felt like all the scenes were necessary and memorable. You know, some of these these films made during Oscar night, um, sometimes it's somebody's first film absolutely ever, like no practice whatsoever. So they're going into it completely blind. And honestly, all the power to them, because if you can if you can do something that hard and have something finished by the end of the day, you're going to be a much better filmmaker when you can actually sit down and start figuring out what your shots are and your scenes are, etc. It's like, you know, it you're doing the hardest thing absolutely possible. Like there's friends of mine that would never have even attempted doing a uh, feature film in in three hours, even a 40 minute feature film. It's just, they would, they would say it was impossible. So somebody who has no background in it whatsoever, who, who goes and does it, it's like whether the movie's good or bad, all the power to you, you did something incredible that night. But yeah, your, your film really stood out to me because it was, it was something that I would have watched, whether it was made on Oscar night or whether, whether it was on Amazon Prime or whatever. It's just, it feels like a, 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 um, a rich, uh, cinematic piece. Like it takes you on a little bit of a roller coaster. It's, it's funny. It's sad. It's, uh, everything in between. It has a distinct, uh, visual look to it. Your acting is wonderful in it. I, I love the the side characters as well. It just it it's just a great example of what you can truly do in just three hours. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the process of of making that? You know, when did you get the idea for it, and then how did you put it all together? Were you were you running around? Was it leisurely? What was the actual experience like, and and how did the idea come to you? Yeah, uh, well, thank you. I'm really, really happy you liked it. Um, you know, I, I, I admire your work a lot, and it means a lot to hear that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just before I get into my stuff, I just wanted to say, touch on what you were talking about with the other people who, you know, this is like their first time making it, you know, making a movie. Um, and all the films, regardless of, you know, experience doing it, or craft or anything, they're all, all the heart of everyone is in them, you know? And it's like, it's so cool to even just see someone just pick up a camera and go, blah, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It's so cool. And, um, yeah. And, and, and so I just want to say that, you know, everyone connects with different films differently. And I've went through and watched, you know, like lots of each one, you know what I mean? Not, I didn't see all of them, but like I, you know, kind of went through and checked out some of them and, and uh, it's just, there's something in each one of them, you know, that it doesn't even matter if you're good at, with the camera or like good with sound or, you know, it's just, it's just a fun time and you can see that in the work and that's, that translates to the audience too. You know, I'd rather see 589 of those films that you know are on the playlist then you know like a product you know what i mean <laughs> like a corporate product that it's just like you can't feel anything um but yeah so the the process of making this was um like it like i said it was a completely different thing for me because i've never been like okay i need to make something in you know three hours three and a half hours i think mine took um uh, so, you know, it, it, it was completely different because I was like, okay, 
I need to, I saw the Joel Haver video and I was like, I need to sit down and, you know, think about what I want to do, you know, like, cause, cause I, I had already been planning on making a feature film in Hawaii where I'm at right now. Um, and I was like, I really want to make a, a full length movie cause I had just written a full length play. And I was like, well, now I got to make a movie, you know, a full length movie. Um, so I had some ideas. I, I had one image in my mind for probably like, Fuck, man, I don't even know, like three years or something. No, maybe like, yeah, maybe like two years. It, and it was me and my dad, um, we were folding up a tarp, you know, because I don't know why. It's just um, like the, the act of kind of folding the tarp and then having to come together, you know, <laughs> and and just like, here, take these ends of this tarp. I don't know why, but but that that was that stuck with me. And I went and sat down to kind of come up with the idea of what I was going to do for the Oscar challenge. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe it could be about like a, some guy, like his name is Robe Guy. And, and uh, he doesn't care about doing anything. He just wants to, you know, he just says, fuck it. And he just, he just wants to, he, well, he won't listen to what anyone wants him to do. He just wants to do his own thing. And, uh, and he wants to have no responsibility or anything. And... Um, and so I sat there thinking and, and it just, nothing was really kind of like stimulating me in a sense, you know, like, um, I was like, ah, oh, this, I don't know about that. Like, you know, it just seems kind of like I'm inventing so much, you know? And, um, and so I just kept thinking and, and nothing was really like coming to me. And then, and then my dad, um, came uh, to the garage and he had one of the beer, um, cartons and it said you know winner um you can get a million dollar beer can and a uh, case of Budweiser and uh so that was like oh oh that's interesting so so I was like you know what how about I don't invent things and just be as truthful as possible here and just you know try and tell something that will just kind of flow out of me you know because I don't you know you don't have enough time to like come up with all this kooky shit, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, I was gonna have like all this crazy stuff. Like my dad was gonna throw a plate of spaghetti at me and it was gonna like hit the fucking, the concrete and I was gonna like eat it off the ground, you know, all this crazy stuff. And I'd have to come up with this whole story. And it's just like, you know, I don't, it just kind of like, yeah, I just wanted to get it out, you know, get something out. And, and, and that's what it felt like was, you know, I, um, I love uh, Adam Driver and he quoted, you know, this other director or whatever. And he was like, making a movie should feel like you need to pay, uh, take a piss. And that's what this felt like. <laughs> you know, you're just running around. Just, yeah, like you have to get it out. It's like, oh my God, like, oh, I got to see this come to fruition, you know? And, um, and um, so that's what the filming process was like. Um, I, I Well, for the writing, it was pretty much, I just went through and did a little document and I just was like, Okay, this is this scene. This is this scene. This is this scene. I didn't write any dialogue and improv. My, you know, I didn't, I didn't want my dad to have to learn lines and I didn't care to learn lines either. I was just like, we're not going to have time to be like, Oh, I've fucked up that line. Or so then, you know, I just wrote out what was going to happen. And then during filming, uh, I just extensively planned to where, um, I was like, okay, I'll lay the, my clothes out on the bed that, you know, cause there's, this is supposed to seem like days have gone by at some point, you know, like one day or two day. And so, you know, I wrote down and just 
said, okay, this for this scene, I'm wearing these clothes. For this scene, I'm wearing these clothes. And I didn't do any storyboards. Um, I have it in my head, basically. I don't know. It's just like for some reason, I think very visually. I don't know. What about you? Do you think really visually? Or do you think more with like words in a sense? Because you have a lot of poetry that's really amazing. And No Shark was uh, your film. Your most recent film was very poetic. And yeah, so I was wanted to ask you if, you know, that's where you kind of come up with that is, is, is like, do you think of the words and then the visuals go with it? Or do you just have an image? I think what attracts uh, me to any idea, like first and foremost, is usually if I get a very clear visual for it. Um, and sometimes that visual can be wrong and, you know, I'll discover that later on and I'll kind of tool that before I actually shoot the movie. Um, but I have to be compelled by some sort of in imagery or something like words and even ideas and story. It, it doesn't compel me as much as like, all right, can I see it? in existence can i see it um like what it would be like as a finished product i almost feel like when i get an idea like i'm kind of cheating off of you know me in the future having already made it like that's kind of how i approach it it's like what can i glimpse of like what it would look like as a finished product that will help me now as far as uh making that a reality if that makes any sense yeah do you ever think about um like, oh, I have the ending scene, but I don't have the beginning or the middle. Yeah, I um, specifically for No Shark, I kind of um, pretty early on figured out where I wanted it to end up and what I wanted the, the dynamic to be for the character. And beyond that, I wrote all the monologues that comprised the, the bulk of the film completely after I shot the film. So... I shot all the footage completely. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I Holy shit. I did it in reverse. So I wasn't shooting to anything I had written as far as uh, the monologues. I basically, I shot uh, all these scenarios on all these beaches that I just kind of improvised and came up with on the spot when I would get to a certain beach, except for the obvious story stuff that... Um, comes into play towards the end of the film that I kind of figured out what I wanted to do and what I need to do there. But the bulk of the film, it was just improvised. I would just say, Hey, you go over here, you go over here. How about if you come up to this person and start talking to them, that kind of thing. And then after I'd shot the entire film, I went into editing. I found all the shots that were good. So I, I threw out the shots where it was, you know, it was okay, but it just wasn't that great. Every shot had to be something I stood behind. And so it was just all that assembled in a row. And I kind of started to figure out like, all right, what beach could come before some other beach? I kind of figured out the order of the beaches. Obviously, like I said, the story stuff, you know, I had to end up in the place where I ended up. But the, um, the, the more meandering stuff I could kind of figure out you know, how things were going to happen. And as well, when I was shooting it, I was kind of figuring that out a little bit as well. But actually what was going on in her mind, monologue wise, did not figure that out at all until after the fact. And so it, it ended up being a piece that feels um, a lot more constructed uh, with uh, intention and, deliberation and like it, it feels like this very deliberate work um in a sneaky way because i was actually doing the bulk of the work after i actually shot the film yeah. 
I was, I knew, but I knew it wasn't like I, it was up in, in the air, whether there would be a monologue. I knew there would be just a ton and ton of monologue. Um, but yeah, that was all kind of handled after the fact. So it ended up fitting tighter than had I shot to a script. I feel like it would have been a more wooden movie. It right now it's like this very organic piece where it really feels like, uh, it, it, you can't even cut it apart and figure out how it was made. It just kind of like exists. And that's kind of what I strive for with every, my, every one of my films is like, I want to make something that like, yes, I could talk to somebody and like break down how I did it. But when you watch it, it just feels like something that exists. It's just like this piece that just, uh, you know, why bother cutting it apart and dissecting it? It's just like, it's its own answer. It's its own question, if that makes any sense. And to a similar extent, I think I feel that way about your film as well. Um, I can feel it coming. It just, it's a very singular work. Um, and I don't, I don't throw around the term singular lightly. I, I really save it for the stuff that like, it's, it's the kind of thing where I want to know and I don't want to know at the same time. Like it's, I just love its existence. You know, I just respect it on that level. I know when you get into process, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, you can only talk about so much in a sense. It's the same thing with like acting. You know, I, I have a friend who, you know, he, he, he likes to talk about it and stuff and I'll be like, yeah, let's talk. And we've talked and talked and talked, but then at a certain point you just can't put words to it anymore. You know, it's kind of, I know that's kind of like maybe pretentious or what, you know, but it's just like, it just doesn't, no words can do you know, any process justice in a sense, you know, you're just like, that's what creation is, is it's not intellectual, really, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like what you were saying about laying out your clothes and stuff, you know, somebody listening at home who who worked on one of these, you know, Oscar night movies, they could be like, Oh, man, that would be a great thing to do next time, or whatever, you know, like little things like that along the way definitely help. But at the end of the day, it's about creating something that just feels done. And if you if you can do that in three hours, you know, a 40 minute or so movie, obviously you, Kyler, can make a, a much longer piece. <laughs> it's it's a lot easier than what you already did. Yeah, it really gives you a lot of confidence too, you know, like, oh, holy shit, like, okay, we pulled it off, you know, and everyone involved should give themselves a pat on the back because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's not easy, you know, to, I mean, even, even just um as a human being you know you have uh resistances and blocks you know that you have to work through and to even work yourself up to creating something and and i've been fortunate that maybe because i started young you know like as at a young age is that you know there it seems to be just very simple in terms of well i want to do this and let's do it you know what i mean and then it's fun it's a fun time and don't put too much pressure on it. You're doing it for you, you know? You're making it for you, in a sense. It's great when other people watch it, but, you know, the satisfaction comes from the internal value that you're giving yourself, and, and uh, you know, potentially, yeah, other people can get value from it, too, watching it, sharing that experience with you, in a sense. But doing it is the is the, the gold, you know? Like, um, filming it, I'll never forget. I mean, it was, like... Who gets to say that they film stuff with their dad, you know, and, and acted with their dad, you know, and, and created stuff with their family and friends and, you know, except, I mean, Joel Haver, you know, he, he does that too. But, you know, like, it's it's 
crazy, you know, like, and my dad's such a great actor too, which, you know, is just insane. And, you know, I went to two years of drama school and he's never even fucking acted once, maybe one time before in one of my other things, but very short, very short duration acting. And he just really tapped into some kind of truth inside of him. And I was like, oh my God, like, th this is insane. So just as like a really incredible, crazy experience filming it, the experience of making it, and then now the um, kind of communal feeling that I'm getting from being able to talk to you and, um, you know, and Joel Haver commenting and stuff and, and just loving it. And it's really just awesome. Like, I'm just stunned, you know? I'm just so excited and just stunned. I'm just like, this is so cool. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling that, that Joel would like it um, just because I've, I've known him for a while now. I know his taste and whatnot. And uh, it was like, I, I the second I saw your film, I was like, all right, Joel, Joel's going to love this. Not just because of the working with your dad thing or any, you know, you know, surface elements like that, just because it's, it's the kind of piece he really respects. Um, you know, there's, there's the old saying, of course, that like the purpose of art is to stand naked on stage. And all my favorite stuff is, has that nudity quality to it. I'm not, I'm not trying to say your movie has nudity in it because it doesn't, but <laughs> it has a nakedness of, 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 of what you're doing as an actor. And I think your acting background uh, gives you a little bit more respect for uh, that aspect of art creation. Well, you're, you're such a great actor too, man. I mean, Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to kind of know about that too, a little bit. If you, I mean, like, have you, were you ever into that growing up or did you just kind of do it because you were like, Oh, well, I'm not going to make movies. I got to be in it. Well, I wanted to do anything that would make it a reality that I could make movies. So if that was acting in my own stuff, then that was that. And I would become the best actor I could so that my films didn't suck. You know, it was all, <laughs> yeah. it was all about like, what, what tools can I have in my toolbox that will make it, uh, easier for me to realize my reality of like making movies. So you you get better at acting towards that goal. And it, it, it almost feels like it's good to have an extra goal on top of whatever you're doing. So it's like, it's not just that you're learning, you know, audio engineering or recording. It's so that you can do a podcast or so that you can do uh, make, make an album if you're, if you're a musician or whatever. You know, it's like, you need that extra goal that's why you're doing it. It like it, it satisfies the why. And so what satisfied the why for me as an actor was if I'm good, I will always have at least one person to make a movie with that's talented, you know? Like I it, at the end of the day make a movie with just myself and if I'm a good actor, that's enough. So that was my approach. I I never was a actor primarily. I just always wanted to make movies. You know, ever since I was really, really young, always wanted to make movies. It sounds like you came at it in a different way because you primarily, I think, see yourself as an actor, but you clearly have, you know, a visual sensibility and a sense of space to your visuals as well. Talk to me a little bit about the uh, the visual component of the film. I'm not the only one to notice that it, it is a beautiful looking movie in, in certain parts, especially how do you arrive at your visuals? I remember I like commented, I was like, what lens are you using? Because it, it just looks so good. And you're like, yeah, it's just a 
piece of shit cannon you know <laughs> yeah. comes with the like, camera I, I just wanted to like strangle you because i was like dude <laughs> it's 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 that but it's more like what are you doing um are you doing a lot of stuff in post what's what's your camera body that you're using because you do have a very unique look to this film okay yeah um well you know we have similar kind of starts then because i am the same way as you in that sense of that I I was I started out going yes film I want to be a director I want to you know this is my main thing I love doing it um, and I I mean I still do love doing it but I'm saying that uh, you know I want to make movies and I so YouTube began and actually before YouTube I just got my little camcorder and filmed my cat and stuff and played with him and was like you know and movies with my cat and things and toys and then went to YouTube and then. Um, made movies with my friend, um, Peter, Peter Sizelove. He's a great guy, great filmmaker. Um, and we made movies. We made actually two feature films together, um, which, you know, are with him right now. We have it on DVD and stuff. Um, but, uh, that was a collaborative effort and everything. Great time. Um, and so I wasn't even thinking like, oh yes, this is, I'm actually, I'm an actor mainly, you know, like this is all I care about. You know, it's like, no, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. And, uh, and then I have to be in them, you know, cause we don't have anyone, like you said. And, um, and so that's kind of where that passion kind of brewed in me to where I was like, yeah, this is, there's nothing else like this acting thing for me. And I love filmmaking, but acting is just for some reason, it just like really hits me. Um, but yeah, in terms of, um, the shots and the visual kind of style of it is, uh, yeah, the, the, that's just like, I, I was thinking through, cause I knew the locations very well. That was another part of the planning, I guess, is that, you know, I, I filmed it at my home. So I know my home very well. I know, you know, where I've filmed in my home before and I know where shots, you know, where, how, uh, how, what's the word? Like how, how, how much I can get in the frame, you know, kind of. And then I worked, uh, I, I, you know, at my, uh, uh, the other location in the movie. So I know that location as well. So I just went and was like, okay, yeah, set it up. Don't be precious. Don't be precious. Just set it up. You know, and I like to think there's kind of at this point a little bit of an instinctual kind of visual language in me. Um, I've seen a lot of movies, um, a lot of great movies. Um, and I only kind of, do what really turns me on and I guess I guess you could say where okay I set up the shot I put the camera down don't be precious for the in this case and you know uh, line it up somewhere that looks nice to me like stimulating in that sense of oh yeah oh that that evokes something that connects with me and then I go okay go you know what I mean and then and that's it and and um it's funny how you said the you how did you get that hazy feel to it and uh, I actually discovered after I made the movie that there was a little bit of a, a like a um, like a little smudge on the lens. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck. But, you know, and that best thing that ever happened. Yeah. And then I looked at the movie and I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like it looks fine. Like it doesn't matter. You know, and there is a rich cinematic history of fucking with the lens in order to get a good look. Like some of the best cinematographers 
we'll put uh, you know pantyhose between the the lens and the camera body itself, or the or they'll put a little whatever on the lens just to get it a nice hazy look because really you're trying to ruin the sharpness, which is ironic because every new camera is like we're even sharper than before and. To me, I hate it. Yeah, yeah, it, it works in some senses, in some stories, you know. It's, it, but it's it it will fuck you in the ass the moment <laughs> it gets a chance, though. That's I <laughs> I wish people understood that like it'll ruin a shot more than it'll save a shot, like sharpness, because it gets burned into the image, obviously, and then to get rid of it digitally afterwards is a nightmare. If you can impede the sharpness a little bit when you're actually shooting, whether by you know, using a a cheaper lens, or um, you know, what when you choose your camcorder or your your DSLR or whatever you choose, maybe you want to choose something that has anti-aliasing or some sort of filter built into it, so that it gets rid of you know those those problematic things of like, let's say you pointed at a uh, a house and you see a little bit of the roof, and the roof is like very intricate or pointing it at a, a screen door, any any of these types of things that give you this, this thing that takes you out of the story a little bit, unless you're making a documentary or whatever, or, or something that's documentary style, but something that'll take you out of it and make you conscious of something recording what you're watching. Because of that haze, it, you, you got... You got away with a, a lot. That that haze was kind of God sent in a way. Um, but what's what's your camera body? What's uh, what's the camera that you use? So I used a, a DSLR, Canon T2i, uh, not for this film, but growing up, that's what I mainly used. Same with me. That was that's my shredder and rehearsals and a couple others. And it was one of the cameras on Oscars. I love the T2i. Yeah, it's I, yeah, it's that's the only camera I've had for fucking 13, 14 years or something. But um, what made me mad about the T2i though is every time I would try and plug in an external mic, it would do the auto gain control and it would it would blow it out. It's the worst. Yeah, you can't do that. You gotta, you need like an H4n or some sort of external recorder. I remember that well. Yeah, so I, uh, f- you know, I always wanted to kind of get it. Uh, I, I was working with my friend in Los Angeles and he started like a production company. And um, so we were, he was using the Blackmagic 4K. And so I got um, really acquainted with that camera working with him and stuff and how simple it was to use. And and, and uh, I was like, yeah, okay, like I would like that. So I used the Blackmagic 6K on this. I, I didn't shoot it in 6K. I just, uh, I saved up finally after, you know, years and years, I could finally get this camera. And, um, you know, pretty much just, yeah, the camera and um, the cage and the microphone was a Zoom H1n. You know, I would put it on the top or I would just put a little tripod and uh, put, it, put it on a little tripod and put it near the actors if it was a long shot. And, um, and then just sync it up in post. And so, like, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't need to f- make your movie on a black magic or anything. And, and I think because I was actually considering shooting it on the T2i. Because I was like, well, it would go so much faster. But I wanted to give myself the challenge of getting really well acquainted with the black magic. And that is something I could say. Another um, point of planning is get really acquainted with your tools, you know, because you don't want to be like filming and then you, you know, you're like, 
oh, hold on, let me figure this out, you know, and like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to, you don't want to be on set and be like, okay, uh, shit, I don't know what, what, you know, so that, that's what it goes back to. Um, it has to feel like taking a piss kind of, I think it is, is it has to be, it has to flow. And that's how I did this movie, I guess, in the time was that I made sure everything flowed from one scene to the next and there was minimal setup. Um, I had it easy to where if I wanted to take off, do handheld, I could take it off of the tripod really quick. I could put it back on if I wanted a steady shot. You know, it's it was all just kind of um, planned out. So when I got to that point, I could just tell my dad, okay, in this part, we're gonna just do, talk about this real quick. Uh, yeah, just, you know, talk about, you know, this is the scene. When we go into it, and then, you know, everything was one take. We didn't do any two takes, um, which is another amazing thing that um, this challenge showed me in a sense is that, you, you know, just you don't have to be precious. It's life, you know, live your life on camera. That's it. Just live, you know, and then nothing is wrong. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. You know, it's not a competition. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, and so that that and this was like the gnarliest form of showing me that, you know? So did you take the the Canon lens off your T2i and put it on your black magic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, just, Best thing yeah, you could have done, man, because that is a that's essentially a cheap lens. That's the kit lens that comes on the, the Canon T2i. And that's what I used for my first couple films and I've gotten compliments on that lens and I think it's because it's a little bit not that great it has that that quality to it where you know it it you want an, you want an offbeat quality to what you're using as far as a lens or or something in the, there needs to be always something like gumming up the works a little bit because it i don't know what it does but if you think of like making a film almost like a seance where you're like putting everything in its right place and you're creating this environment for the spirit to arrive yeah Truth. If you do something a little bit wrong there, if you do something a little bit out of the ordinary, you know, much like with a seance where you're you're dimming the lights, you're you're lighting candles, everybody's sitting around in an unnatural way, you're bringing more spirit into the art that you're trying to make. There's more opportunities that are hospitable to uh, the muse of the film kind of showing up and arriving. Were there moments when you were shooting your film where you just kind of knew that something had arrived, that, that, that what you were doing was, you know, a vessel for something greater than if you had planned it out? Because it seems like, you know, you were very taken, for instance, with your, your dad's acting, you know, something was coming through him. Uh, did you, did you get a sense as you were making it that the film was working, so to speak? Well, yes, I don't, I mean, I don't think about, you know, I don't, I don't, especially in this case, there's no time to think um, about any of that. But yeah, absolutely. You, you, because, you know, I'm in the film. So I guess for me, because I was very aware when my dad did the scene where he was like crying kind of, and he just kind of did this thing that I just love. Um, and I was aware, but I couldn't get caught up in it, you know, because the time, you know, you just don't have time. So, but afterwards I was like smiling to myself as I was setting up the camera, you know, it was just, it's just not because of like, is this working or is this not working? Just the experience of, 
of doing it. You know, I've just, oh my God, like this is so crazy and so cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of acting, you know, growing up, I used to always, I mean, this is, this is, um, relates to what you were saying when you kind of realize something has transpired in a sense. Growing up, I, I used to say, you know, I'm never going to play myself in a movie. I'm, I'm going to be Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, I'm going to transform, you know, you're not going to recognize me in anything. And, uh, you know, this, I'm, I'm not putting on a funny face or, you know, it just, you don't need to for this character, you know, and, 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 uh, you, you know, and, and you will always want to do that is, is be as truthful as possible, I think. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of, in one scene, I kind of just, I didn't plan anything for acting because I don't, I don't really like to do that. I don't plan anything out. Um, but I kind of just broke down and, and it, it, um, it was just a weird thing for me because it's just like, you know, I didn't, it was just a surprise, you know, and, and I didn't expect to be, to, to be that open in that sense, I guess. And I don't know. I, I, it was really, it's really weird. There's like no, there was no thought, you know? I mean, it's when you take the intellectual aspect out of it, which is another thing that this is why it's such a good idea um, that Joel came up with is that, you know, it's, it's, you take the intellectual aspect out of it and you just do things, you know, you don't think about it. You just, you're just operating, you know, you're just going, 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 going. And then there's no time to think, there's no time to gum yourself up, you know? So that just these moments of life happen and especially when you're just doing it in one take it's like oh wow this visually worked because i got lucky there or you know or this emotionally there's something happened to me emotionally and i don't know what i don't know how i don't know why you know it's, it doesn't make any you know there's no sense to it which life is very you know wiggly <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i can totally relate to that with with making my own film Oscars, which is, you know, Oscars with a, uh, you know, apostrophe between the R and the S slight difference between Oscars, uh, the actual award and the award ceremony and whatnot. But yeah, when I was making Oscars, it was definitely this thing of like, you know, I could tell that I was getting stuff that was pretty cool, but like, I kind of just had to be in it and, you know, not show it. And, you know, it, it became this piece that like I knew the basic idea of like what I wanted as far as like the backstory was, but everything that was like the front story and everything that happened was just people taking the reins here and there and steering it somewhere. It was, it was this very beautiful uh, thing that I don't think I could recreate except if I did it again in that same way where like, people could really just do whatever and it was fine. And I always think like when I'm casting films in general or whatever, I want to cast a person that can't hit a wrong note because the, the, uh, the, the role is so for them. So whether it's me acting in my own thing, I want it to be something where it, anything that I were to do would work for the character much like with anybody else in the film. So if they, if they're a little bit more angry on a take, if they're a little bit, uh, you know, more winking on a take, it doesn't really matter because they are the character, you know, they, they embody it. You know, when somebody hears them speak, they hear the voice of the character. So when I was doing Oscars, obviously it, it that film takes turns 
uh, and and whatnot. And I didn't anticipate those turns ever being taken whatsoever. <laughs> it was just like the actors. I feel like they kind of. I let them get a little bored after the actual ceremony that takes place in the movie. Yeah, that was great. They got, they literally got, I think a little bit bored and felt like, Oh, maybe that wasn't enough or maybe we should do more. And then by them deciding that they kind of embodied their characters on a level that I could never have anticipated. And they became something else. And they, they got into this almost mass hysteria yeah. that takes place in the film where it's like, you know, it, it's people, you know, trying to get themselves over to borrow a term from pro wrestling, you know, to, to get yourself over means you want to appeal to the audience. So in that film, you, you very clearly pe see people trying to like come off better to uh, the people watching at home or, or make a name for themselves or, you see that kind of clout chasing aspect where people are faking things in order to uh, move the the documentary into something more interesting. Yeah, it was just it was just humanity in a room. You know, it, that's what I felt like. It was like everyone started bonding over the paranoia of it, which is like my favorite. You know, you you really just kind of put a lens on just showing. You know people and just hey what are they gonna do you know what i mean like let's see you know and, and your your questions you and chloe the questions you asked were so inquisitive and cool and um yeah it was just so cool to kind of see everyone come together in this scenario you know and and see each individual personality i don't know how that's what's amazing to me is how you captured each person you painted like a a full picture of each person to where at the end of the film, I knew each one of them so kind of intimately in a sense. And, you know, that, that also goes to like writing films too, is like, you know, some, sometimes in movies and whatever writing, it's like, oh, I need to have a four page monologue about their backstory, you know? And it's like, no, you can just, you know, you can just show people doing what they do and, and you'll see, you'll see in their behavior who they are, you know, and what they say and what they do. And that's what I felt. I I felt who these people were, and you know, in this, so many people, and in, in you know, an hour, you you did this, and it's just so cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it was around twenty one people in total. Um, and yeah, we we basically we just arrived there. Um, obviously, me and Chloe arrived a little bit early so we could place things like chairs and and whatnot where we wanted them. And then, you know, once the Oscars aired, we started rolling and we didn't stop rolling until, you know, we we did about for about three hours, I think it was. And, um, you know, everyone there is somebody that I love some aspect of, you know, you don't you don't get to be at something as special as that if I don't know you and, and understand what you can bring to it. There were people there that I'd never met before, but I fell in love with some aspect of them prior to meeting them so it's not like a you know a blind date where you have no idea who you're encountering it's a more like a first date where you're excited about the person for some specific reason and i treat all my films like that where like i don't ever want to work with somebody that i don't feel that vibe with i i want it to be a, a type of thing where I love every single person, whether they're playing a villain or, you know, the protagonist or whatever. Like, I think it, it comes through in my movies that I just adore 
every single person that's on screen. And that's one of the beauties of, of the kind of truly independent filmmaking thing that I, that I try and do is that like on big studio movies or whatever, there's plenty of people that not only not don't like each other, but that you don't even like as a director. And I think that sours it. I think like, you know, in, in actual life, the whole thing of like, just love everybody and everything will be okay is kind of like glib and, and doesn't really apply to every scenario. But when it comes to creating a piece of art, you really do have to love not just your characters, whether they do good things or not, but you have to love all your actors and, you know, you don't have to be in love with them, but you have to like really fall in love with them. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a team. It's a team effort. You know, it's it's not, you know, one person lording over. It's not an actor with an inflated ego. You know, it's just how do we do this? Let's do this together. You know, let's work on this together. And you, you know, you just that's the best part is you know you get to make stuff with other people and come together. And, yeah. And, yeah. So I want to talk about another thing you made, which, you know, I went and explored your channel a little bit, just seeing what else you had done, because it was clear it wasn't the first thing you had ever done. You know, you could tell watching your feature film, like, oh, he's he's pressed record on a camera before, you know, he, <laughs> he has a little bit of chops as an actor as well as a filmmaker. So I wanted to see what else he did. I love your short film called The Bell. And I think I commented on it. I said, you know, you could walk into any ad agency in the world with that as your only qualification and you would get hired that same day. I truly believe that. It is a perfect, not just short film, but it's it's something that would make somebody say, I want that attached to my product or I want this person attached to, you know, and I'm not I'm not advocating for you getting absorbed by corporatism yeah. <laughs> at all. I know what you yeah, I know what you mean. I, I I knew exactly what you meant when you said the comment and I was like, oh that I it's just such a amazing compliment to me. Um and uh yeah, I mean just to hear to see that you said that and hear that now is just like it's so cool. I've just, you know, my friends and family have watched a lot of my my stuff, but for other people that I don't know and stuff to, to be so kind of uh, moved, I guess, you know, to like this stuff is cool. It's really, really cool. So thank you. Was that, was that a hard shoot for you? Was that uh, something that you struggled with? Was uh, clearly you kind of figured out a lot of it ahead of time, I would assume. Uh, what, tell me a little bit about making the bell. Okay. So I had been doing kind of storyboard stuff like for other you know, movies and like short films and things. Um, and for this one, I was like, I want to just not do any storyboards. I want to just go there and just jazz out. You know, I want to just see what happens with, with, um, filmmaking, you know, cause that's kind of, that's how I kind of approach acting is you just kind of go and you just see what happens. So I wanted to translate that to a short film and that's what I did. I didn't plan any of the shots or anything. I just, maybe there was little hints in my mind. But I basically it was just I knew it was going to all come down to the editing. So I just was like, okay, I'm just going to get a bunch of fucking shots. You know, I'm just going to like do all these crazy things that not, you know, not just for the sake of being crazy, but kind of try and put something together and piece something together and also keep the story intact here and 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 kind of 
like we go back to the visual language you know if you watch movies anyone who's seen movies there is a visual language there's a language that's being spoken you know and it's you know okay this shot is this needs to show you know um, oh the eye the close-up on the eyes here because that indicates you know whatever like uh, a focus moment like he's focusing in so this is very focused on the eyes you know it's such a like an unintellectual thing but you can feel it and after watching a lot of movies and doing a lot of movies and you just keep making stuff that's what everyone needs to do is just create 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 and you'll see you know it's it's just you get better and better that yeah you just you know i just um i just kind of set up and was like okay let's i know the story i know where i'm going and i know some of the shots kind of but let's see what happens let's see what happens if i jazz with this you know and then that's what happened was uh just all these kind of shots and, and just a lot of setup, like in terms of trying to get the image in my head to match up with the actual, what I was filming, you know? Cause there's one shot where it goes above my face and I had to, you know, raise the tripod, like fucking, you know, it was almost touching the roof, you know, of the garage and, you know, pointing it down on my face. And, and I, I've luckily, um, I had, a, I have a little monitor, which helps so much when you're filming alone because that's just, you can focus to yourself, you can check to see if you're, you know, in the frame and everything. So that helps immensely for that and when you're filming alone. Um, and with, I can feel it coming because my dad doesn't, you know, he doesn't know how to really use the camera or anything. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just use the monitor when it's my shots too and stuff like that. So yeah, it was just, um, it was just me alone and uh, my dad helped maybe on like one shot, but I, I enjoyed kind of the challenge of like being alone and just being like, how the fuck do I get this shot? How do I, let's try this. Let's, you know, and then in the editing being like, okay, what, what will go after this? What will go after this? What will go, you know, and then keep that flow going. So that was the, it was all in the editing really. So do you like the editing process? Is it something you embrace? Because personally, I I don't understand why anyone would make a film and then hand it over to somebody else to edit. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. To me, it's like you haven't made the film. You can't call yourself a filmmaker almost, you know, and I'm not going to create that dividing line. But for my own my own stuff, like if I were to hand it off to somebody, I wouldn't feel like I made the movie. I feel like the editing process is when I come to understand what I even made, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you know, throwing shit at a wall when you're filming kind of, you're like, okay, I, uh, you know, a lot of time you're shooting out of order too, you know? Um, and so, yeah, in the editing, I love editing. The thing I don't love is editing audio. Uh, editing audio is just so difficult for me. Like, and I'm, I'm getting better at it because I'm, I'm learning new programs and stuff, but like, and I, you know, I, I, I wanted to get a new microphone and everything. So it would kind of focus on the dialogue, the voices more. And, um, so yeah, the audio can be a little frustrating at times for me where I'm just like, can you just, oh, just blend this a little better. And, but the cutting of the film is so satisfying, you know, cause it's like, it's a rhythm and it's like, yeah, you're kind of, you're putting it together. You know, you're, 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 I don't know. Yeah. It's just, you're just the the timing of the cuts everything like that is is the film you know yeah it's editing is is it's all about rhythm it's all about musicality and the visuals and stuff obviously 
editing audio and processing that is is so annoying. It's annoying for everybody. It's not just you. It's annoying for me as well. Um, but it's you know it's the necessary evil that brings it up to the next level once you get the audio really singing. Um, but it'll get easier for you um, as you get you know like you said better microphones and and develop a more of a rapport with your your audio software and and all that stuff. It it comes in time. But yeah, clearly you have kind of a rhythmic background. You know, you do a little dancing in in your feature film. <laughs> is is that something you genuinely have a background in and in, in, in dance and and that sort of thing, or is that just something you came up with for yourself? Yeah, I'm not a dancer. Um, I uh, in school I went to a school in Los Angeles for acting, and uh, we did movement work every day, pretty much, and you know, you would just do those kind of things. We we had to do a project where it was like, use a song and do a movement piece to it. And uh, I'm lucky in the sense that I feel really free, like physically. I don't know. Yeah, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it feels, it feels really free to move around like that and, and kind of create stuff as you're going along and kind of moving to music and things. Um, so I had this idea a while back for a, you know, using the I can feel it coming in the air tonight, the song, and then moving with this chair, doing like a movement project. And uh, I never got around to it. And then we got to this challenge here and I was like, well, this is it. <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> so it, it incorporated perfectly. You know, I was like, there you go. And uh, so, yeah, you just yeah, it was just you just move around to the music and it's a great it's a great time. I encourage everyone to do it. You know, you really it's just really expressive and fun, you know. You should try it, Cody. I want to see you do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for you, you know. If, if if that's what you really want, you know. Yeah, I do. I'll dance for you. I'll I'll be your little, you know. Yeah, my little monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Speaking yeah. of monkeys, by the way, perfect segue. You know, you didn't you didn't intend this segue, but there was another film shot. Uh, during the Oscars that was shot in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. The Malka Monkeys. That they didn't actually get to finish the film because they had some technical problems and they talk about it in the film. So it became more of a short film. I think it's like 12 or 13 minutes. But it was also shot in Hawaii. It's gorgeous. It's, it's a beautiful looking film. I really think you should maybe connect with these guys or whatever i don't know if you know these guys but i don't yeah i, I need to yeah if you saw it in the playlist they, they clearly have a, a very good sense of visual style it might be fun to pair up with them or at least meet up because you know you both did this crazy thing yeah i don't know you might like each other you might hate each other i don't know it, i don't want to be <laughs> that person that's like forcing two people together but i think you you might get a kick out of each other yeah that could be really cool i mean it's probably there. They might be on a different island, you know. So that could be the only thing. But yeah, like you know, because there's it's a Hawaiian chain, you know, and I'm on like one of the smallest ones, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that's it, it's incredible how coincidental like this challenge thing. I one of my friends in Australia said that his neighbor uh, in his apartment building did one. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is crazy. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like, you know, and and I kind of think that, um, I don't know what it is, but like energies somehow find each other, you know? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, move and stuff. And then it's like, and now I'm 
meeting you who you know live in New York and it's crazy just how people who have similar interests and things are so close in a sense you know I don't know I don't get it it's just some weird you know universe thing I don't know but that's how I feel right now yeah something's assembling together I feel like there's moments where you just feel like people pieces are moving on the game board towards where they need to be so to speak like uh you know joel is in la right now he's doing all sorts of shorts with like his crew out in la that is kind of forming you know improv guys and and stand-up guys and that kind of la scene is just kind of coming together in a way where it's it's even stronger than it probably was you know six months ago a year ago because of him there and also trent lankarski there and you know, Dax flames in the mix oh, and yeah, Dax is doing, yeah. you know, some of his best work friggin' ever. He, I mean, Dax is incredible. Yeah. That whole group, they're kind of finding each other. I'm sure when you were out in LA you know, that thing wasn't happening and now something is happening in LA and you know, me in New York city, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm finding great actors that I wouldn't have been able to find, you know, years ago or whatever I was able to do Oscars with and, things kind of like magnetize and come together. And it's really cool that you're going to be out in New York city soon. We'll be able to meet and hopefully work on projects as well. Um, I would love to, man. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. I actually have an idea for uh, Joel too, for the, um, the, um, the, if he wants to do the Oscar thing next year, it's a, you know, the communal aspect that we're talking about how, you know, he kind of, uh, has this group of people that are coming together and now we're kind of communicating and everything. And, and, uh, when I grew up, I, uh, my friend and I showed our first movie on like a DIY movie screen, you know, that, that we had a, a friend, an uncle, um, build a friend, uh, one of our friend's uncles built this screen for us. And we had a showing of this movie. And I think it would be super cool. Like at some point in the future to do this same thing, but then actually, find a location and set up a cinema screen, you know, and have everyone together and watch each one together and interact with each other. And you know what I mean? Wouldn't that be cool? I think that would be cool. Yeah. I also, I, I'm obsessed with the idea, you know, just to kind of yes and that a little bit. I've been obsessed with the idea for a while of a movie theater that just runs movies 24 seven. So there is never a moment where a movie isn't playing. And that would be a perfect type of thing for like a some sort of theater or some sort of installation somewhere where any time of day, like you could go online and you could check the schedule, but you could see every single one of the movies made at some point across like a couple weeks or however long it is. Exactly, yeah. And people could just be coming and going and you, maybe you buy one ticket and that allows you to you know, go there, come back, you know, be, be within the space as much or as little as you actually want. That could be a way to do it because I, I, I do think like if you make a movie, you know, that should be your qualification for like, it shouldn't be just like the best 20 or so. Exactly. Yeah. You don't, you don't need it. it everyone should be able to experience that their film on a, on a big screen. It, I mean, no, it doesn't super matter, but it's like, I enjoy the theatrical communal experience as well, you know? Yeah, that would be a very cool thing to do for sure. You know, hopefully, you know, as these years pass, like I want to do it again next year. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to do it again. So I, I think as the years pass, this will get bigger and bigger. I mean, 580 for the first, for the first year, 
I I would have thought it would be like 50 at most because it's such a it's such a daunting task. But if if people see that 580 people did it this year, they're going to think, "Oh, I didn't do it that year, but I guess I could do it." And then suddenly next year you have maybe over a thousand, et cetera. It just keeps going and it just keeps growing. And you could really do, you could really build it out into something that's undeniable. Obviously, there's been no articles written about this whatsoever because it does not behoove the uh, the authoritarian Hollywood regime for people to know this information. So it's radio silence, but the people know what's going on. And if 580 people are doing something plus all the people that were in all those individual movies, right? Because like sometimes it's, you know, 10 people, like with my case, 20 people working on one of these movies. We're talking about, you know, thousands of people working on these movies. That message will get out there. It's a word of mouth thing right now. Eventually, they'll have to talk about us in some sort of press way whatsoever. And I'm not like, I'm not coveting that or even wanting that, but I would just love for people if if I would love for every single person who does watch the Oscars to also know that this is going on and is going on every single year and is 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 an option basically. You know, you you can do it instead of staring at people receive awards and give each other awards. You can be a a participant in your own destiny. You know, you don't have to be a spectator. You you can actually make something and you can use your time as wisely as possible. So I would love to see this grow and grow and grow. Um, yeah, it, it, it could be really amazing. And like I said, you know, can't wait to start making stuff with you and and all that when you're out here in New York City. Same, same, man. All right, so we're going to wind the episode down a little bit. We're going to do a, a segment. If you've heard this show before, you know what it is. It's called Stupid Questions. Kyler, can I ask you some stupid questions? Yeah, go ahead. All right. First stupid question. You know how the word casa is Spanish for house? Yep. Well, I think you should become a private investigator. You want to know why? Why? Because you really know how to scope a casa. Oh! <laughs> Have you oh. never heard that before? No, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's a, that's an original. It's a Cody Clark original. I was worried somebody would have made that pun to you before. Wow, that's, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> That's a good one, right? You gotta scope that casa, man. Yeah. yeah. Scope a casa. Was that a was that a question? Was that a stupid question? Well, I asked some questions in order to set up the joke. Oh yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. All right. Next next stupid question. Do you want to know why I think you should be a hitman? Why? Because you have a Kyler instinct. Oh my god. Like killer instinct. Wow, this is that, see that the other one's better. The other one's better. I like that one too. That's pretty good. It's all right. All right. Next stupid question. After you made your 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 movie, your I can feel it coming. Did you finally take a pee after you you mentioned needing to pee as your secret to filmmaking? Did you finally take a pee? Uh, you know, yeah. I just I wanted to keep that feeling of just you know that tensed up like you know gotta create gotta create. So I just held it in for a couple hours after filming, and then you know you get a better release after too. You know, so it, yeah, it all came just pouring out. A uh, couple hours after done after I was done filming, so yeah, I mean, I could feel it coming, and it came. Nice, you had, you had a nice good long pee. Yeah, it was it was long. It was it was pleasant. It was loud. Yeah, it was the you could hear it from the neighbor's house probably. And and you're from Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah. 
were there any tiny bubbles in your in your pee? Uh, <laughs> do you get that reference? Is that yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. That's good. We don't have. Yeah, I. I <laughs> there was tiny bubbles. I was worried that that would be too dated a reference. Like. No, 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 no. It's it's pretty well known in Hawaii. Yeah. I like that song. It's kind of an. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. It's an in joke between me and my girlfriend. We we randomly sing that song to each other. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's just a, some stupid thing we did uh, <laughs> long ago and continue to do to this day. Nice. Have you been to Hawaii? No, I've never been to Hawaii. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Uh, I was a big fan of that show Lost that was shot out there. Yeah, I really want to see it. That's like one of my top ones that I want to see. You never seen Lost? No, no, I do really want to see it. That was going to be one of my questions is because it's a stupid question. It's <laughs> that a stupid question? Everything that like Lost? a Hawaii person probably hears is, oh, have you seen Lost? Or, oh, do you live by where they shot Lost or whatever? I think it was Oahu that they shot it. I don't know where you are. They shot some here. They shot some here too, yeah. Okay. Kauai, yeah. Um, yeah, if you come out, you can stay with me, man. We got an extra room. Dude, I Kauai, would... Kauai, if you ever want to go. I want to go out to Hawaii. I want to I see, you know, yeah. all that has to offer. I've never, I've never been. I've always been curious. You know, the two places I've always wanted to go is Hawaii and Japan. I've always been fascinated by both places. Yeah, I, dude, I yeah, me too. I want to go to one of those like little tiny villages in japan <laughs> where like it's all snow covered and there's it's like you know it's just like next to a mountain you know it's just like oh oh my god it's free production values for one thing like you could go to some small japan village and like shoot some beautiful looking movie you know i don't know what the restrictions are there but i think you can get away with it you know that would be crazy that would be such an experience like doing that oh my god well i have a japanese I have a Japanese fan base now because of No Shark. I don't know if you saw, but it's yeah. <laughs> it's oddly popular in Japan despite the m- massive amount of uh, English spoken dialogue. I love I love that so much. I just love that fact. Yeah. So yeah, I, first of all, you have to watch Lost. Lost is actually like it's like genuinely a good show. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, I do want to see it. People shit on it because they're like, oh, it it didn't do what I wanted it to do eventually, and it's like. Fuck you. It 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 did what it wanted to do and that's all that matters, you know. And the journey, it's people com- will complain about the destination. I I liked the destination. I thought it was fine. But the journey itself is honestly it's one of the best journeys I've seen in a television show. It's it's one of my favorite shows of all time for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got to get on that. Like it's always been on my radar. I'm like, god, that show looks so cool and I just really need to watch it. I just yeah, I just have to do it, you know? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm so, by the way, I'm so glad you got the tiny bubbles wrapped. I was so, I was <laughs> like, I'm going to feel so old. Yeah, I'm just like, what? What do you, I don't get it. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> well, I would just be so sad that like younger generations don't know that like song there. Like younger generations of people that live in Hawaii, they're like tiny bubbles. What are you talking about? Like that would just, it wouldn't sit right for me for sure. I'm glad that I knew. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? <laughs> no. What Hawaii movie? I'm going to look up. I'm going to Google. I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've seen Jurassic Park. I've seen fucking, there's a bunch filmed here, man, that you may not even know. You know, I live next to one of the mountains. I can see Kong. Oh, yeah. King Kong was filmed here. There's a mountain that looks like King Kong's head. And that's what I look at every day. And I'm like, well, that's King Kong. No wonder they filmed. This is Skull Island. I'm living on Skull Island right now. Well, there's, there's a, I'm looking it up right now. There's actually a couple movies I like that were shot uh, on Hawaii. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is really good. 
Okay, that was on TV yesterday, and I was like, yeah, that's another one I gotta watch. Well, when it comes on again, you better watch it. You know, it's it's similar to you. It's a, it's a writer, director, slash actor. You know, it's it, it has that kind of singular work feel where it's like this kind of passion project. It's not just your typical, like, rom-com. It has a little something extra there. I also, I really like Blue Crush. Have you ever seen Blue Crush? I've seen parts of it, yeah. I, I, I you know, you're just... You're giving me all these movies that I haven't seen in, that were filmed in Hawaii, but like I've seen ones that have filmed in Hawaii. You know, I don't really appreciate this. It's making me feel like, you know, I just I'm just uncultured for my place where I was born, and I just well, I'm gonna rattle off a couple more that are good. Let's see if you've seen those. <laughs> uh, have you seen Soul Surfer, which is actually quite good? I've seen parts of it. Yeah. Have you seen a whole movie? Like, because maybe I'm judging you wrong. Maybe you've never seen a whole entire film before. Yeah, I think I just watch like 10 minutes of movies and then I'm like, fuck. No, no, I don't know why. It's just these, like, you know, I just, I guess my interests haven't been in that direction just yet of like, you know, stuff specifically filmed here. But I don't know. It's not really a conscious choice. I don't know. It's just not, you know, because if you think about it, there's not a whole lot of movies filmed on Hawaii. You know, so it's like, I, you know, the, the, the probability of me seeing one in Hawaii is smaller unless I seek it out, you know, and I've never I've never actively uh, seeked it out, you know. Yeah. So I need to seek it out more. You better before I like meet you in person or. Yeah, we need to talk about Hawaii based films. Yeah. You know, well, a couple more just because I like them. You know, like <laughs> like I said, Blue Crush, Blue Crush is a beautifully shot movie. It, it By the way, it's uh it was that kind of weird like mid period before DSLR where they were like pushing what DV could be. So they they would sneakily shoot um, big budgeted movies with some DV cameras or whatnot and like play with the footage a little bit and then like put it on 35 millimeter so it had like a different quality before they, you know, like they did little tricks. It's it's a gorgeous, gorgeously shot movie. It's actually just a movie that just kind of works. I like Soul Surfer too, but that's a bit more like a mainstream kind of thing. Yeah, I watched yeah. Soul Surfer because I watched uh, over sixty shark movies as research for No Shark. Holy shit! Yeah, I I went full into it. So that was that was one of the good ones that I saw was Soul Surfer. Yeah, it's very like a um, kind of a uh person it's about the people involved you know like which is that's what i that's what i've gleamed yeah. from it is it's more about her and, and her story yeah and i bethany hamilton there's also a great documentary about her that, that that's really cool um a perfect getaway have you seen that one no i don't even think i've heard of that one. oh that's a that's a fun one okay that is a fun suspenseful weird movie that you should definitely check out <laughs> okay yeah um, what else we got on this list? We got Lilo and Stitch, but I don't think oh, I don't think yes. that counts. Oh God, yes, that can't no, count. Are you kidding me? It's animated, oh, come on. dude. Okay, this is actually this is the perfect moment to you know get this out there to the people. Is Lilo and Stitch is the best representation, the most accurate representation of specifically Kauai that I've ever seen, and maybe is the the towns. In the film, look exactly the same. They even the style in which they're drawn evokes the feeling like nothing I've ever experienced. It's insane. It's so weird how they got it. I gotta see it again. Yeah, you once you come here, you know, at some point to Kauai specifically, you'll see it is it's un, it's unreal. It's 
the the I think it's like hand painted some of it. I don't know, but yeah, it's just crazy, man. And the Hawaiian roller coaster ride, one of the schools did the song. They got their choir, and um, I went to the school that did it for a year. Um, I'm not in the song. I didn't. I wasn't a part of it, but I was at the school for a year that did it. And so it's just crazy. Like it's so cool. Right on. Yeah. Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Yeah. I gotta see that again. I got. It, I haven't seen it since it came out. Probably. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And then also honorable mention because it's only partially. I would assume is uh, Punch Drunk Love because they go to Hawaii in it. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, I loved it. That's a great movie. It surprised me when I saw the movie. I was like, oh, they're in Hawaii. Oh my god. Yeah, that was cool. I love that movie. That's a great film. Yeah. All right. So just to close it out, let me just ask as well. Like, what what are your tastes? What are your favorite uh, films or filmmakers or or what do you like? I don't know. Yeah, um, man, I, you know, I... Besides my own stuff. Besides my own stuff. Oh, yeah. I All I like is Cody Clark films. Um, I don't watch anything else. I'm going to use that as a sound bite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch anything else. Just Cody Clark and Joel Hamer. No, but, uh, no, I love, um, I really love The Lighthouse. Um, that's, like, probably my favorite movie right now. <laughs> it's just fucking, it's so weird. And... Um, it's very performative, which is, it's, it feels like a play at times, which, um, kind of goes with my acting kind of thing. I'm like, Ooh, I love that. I love the performances. Um, I, I rate all the movies that I've seen on IMDb. So I kind of, you know, the ones that I give tens, I'm like, Oh, this is one of my favorite movies. Um, and so I really like the hunt with Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So gnarly. Oh my God. Ah, uh, shit. I really love Dunkirk. Um, Christopher Nolan, I've seen all of his movies. I love all of his movies. There's um, Dunkirk is like probably his best one to me. Or Memento is really good. The Prestige. You younger kids love Christopher Nolan. I know, right? And, but, but see, that's the thing is I'm aware that there's, you know, more kind of, you know, there's, there's directors who kind of take it further than he does um, in terms of like his kind of weird style, I guess you could say, but I grew up with him, you know, and I, I, I went to all the dark night movies and I, you know, flew to Oahu and, and it's, it's always been a cool experience. So regardless of, you know, how good the films are, like, I love the experience of seeing them and, and Dunkirk, I actually, to me is a masterpiece. Like I fucking love Dunkirk. Um, uh, what else? Uh, and do you, you don't like Dunkirk. It sounds like you just fucking hate Christopher Nolan, I guess. No, no, I, I don't hate Christopher Nolan. I, I like, you know, I came into the early period of him. I remember when Memento came out. I remember, you know, going to the video store and like renting uh, Following and because like. Yeah, Following is good. Because like you see Memento and you're like, what the fuck else has this guy done? Because he clearly has like this very specific vision and and is very talented. So I, I followed his whole career, much like with Wes Anderson. You know, I'm old enough to like. You know, when Rushmore came out, I saw that and then I immediately rented Bottle Rocket and I mm. saw all his movies going forward. You know, Christopher Nolan is a filmmaker that I kind of followed. And I think it you can have a different experience with a director than somebody who comes into them later on because, you know, for whatever reason, you get a little bit disappointed by where they went or, mm -hmm. or periods where you felt like they got stuck, right? Because like, you know, he was making Batman movies for a little bit and it just kind of, for, if you don't connect with them, like with me, 
You know, you just like, well, what the fuck is he doing here? Because yeah, Prestige yeah. was, I loved the Prestige. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm like. Oh. Yeah, that's that's an incredible film. And so it was a little weird for me because like that's that's what I expected he would just be making all the time, almost in like a, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson sense. Like I, I just, I, I envisioned Christopher Nolan going more in that subdued area so to speak. Yeah. I would like him to do more of that as well. Yeah. I want him to make R-rated films again, you know? Like, I, I, it's not that it's a prerequisite to making a good movie. Just him specifically, I'd like to, him to kind of have a gnarlier kind of movie, you know? Like, whoa. You know, like Dunkirk was PG-13, which, you know, like it's it doesn't affect my enjoyment of it, but I would have liked to see more blood, you know? Yeah, I hear you. It's a, it's a war, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, it's it's interesting. They do kind of give violence a little bit more slack as far as ratings I've noticed. You know, like it's mm. it's one of those weird things where like there's a little bit of nudity. It's like That's an automatic true. R, but like especially if it's a war film, sometimes there's PG-13 war movies that, that get away with murder. Like it's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I don't, I don't dislike uh, Christopher Nolan. I just feel outside of, you know, because I, I notice like people that are like 10 years younger than me or so, they they have a different experience with him because he was more fully formed by the time they came into him. And he's almost like this rite of passage that it was just a different experience for me. Yeah, I'm aware of, you know, um, the kind of downsides, I guess, to things that I didn't quite connect with or things that aren't, you know, whatever craft wise, you could say that aren't quite all there or whatever in certain films. But like, you know, you know, when you connect with something and you enjoy the experience of seeing it, then it kind of factors into your, you know, the film, I guess. Like you can be aware that a movie isn't, you know, like, oh, it has all the elements there, you know, but you can be aware of that, that it's like craft wise. Yeah. These things maybe not didn't work, but I really loved it. You know, like there's a movie, Super Mario Bros. The tour, you know, like, just, just the weirdest movie. It's an adaptation of the Super Mario Bros. live action. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, guy. I'm old. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's not a good movie, you know, I guess you could say, but I loved it. You know, I was- like, I love it too. I know what it's like to actually be in a theater watching it while it's like actually out oh in theaters. God, that's you know? crazy. And me doing that, I had a great time with it and I was young and that helps as well. But in general, it's just, I feel like it gets a lot of slack because it's an adaptation. Like, I feel like if it was just some random weird movie, it would be like this cult hit where nobody would, nobody would have this weird expectation of like, it has to be faithful or anything like that. Yeah. Cause it would just be some random weird movie. Um, I, I like that movie a lot. I, I tend to go to bat for movies that were like beautiful failures, so to speak, because I would. I, I would much rather see somebody swing for the fences when given that kind of um, ability like and, and resources to do something as crazy as they want to do it. Um, I, you got to go out swinging, I feel like. And I, I do know that, you know, there is a Hollywood bias against, um, you know, the auteurship that, that occurs when somebody uh, is given a little bit more... Uh, leeway and and ability to do whatever they want to do like it, hollywood goes after um you know the classic example is of course the film heaven's gate uh which uh be became notorious as this awful movie because it cost a lot and because the director was like 
you know, trying to make it in this very meticulous way. And so they they basically trashed the movie before it could ever be popular, properly evaluated. Nowadays, of course, it's in the Criterion Collection. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's widely considered, and I feel the same way, it's one of the most beautiful movies ever filmed. Wow, I gotta see that. Yeah, Heaven's Gate's one to check out, but it's, it's the prime example of if you do something with autonomy, even if the studio lets you do it, they will turn on you in a second and they will make you seem like you suck and your film sucks and you're a crazy mad genius who sucks and like all this stuff because they don't they don't want you to succeed if 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 it's something singular um so that's you know one of the many beauties of the kind of movies you make and i make and and all that is uh we don't have to deal with that those crazy press attacks where people get destroyed it's kind of like uh, you know i don't know if you know who vincent gallo is yeah i do i haven't seen any of his work but i i'm getting around to it. I, yeah he's very much in line with kind of what you and i do and and a lot of us do which is you know brown bunny especially it, it was a movie that got trashed and buffalo 66 is- buffalo 66 is probably my favorite film ever made okay. you know, one I, of my I, friends I, said that too yeah i need to get on that yeah you got good friends <laughs> yeah. fantastic film brown bunny is is incredible as well but that movie got unfairly maligned because of his singular vision like people you know he, when when that premiered in, at Cannes. People booed it the moment his name came up on screen as produced, written, directed, edited, or whatever. The moment that came up, people were booing. So it's not this thing, like all this, all this like fake lore attached to that film that like it's so boring and like that's why people were booing and walking out and no they booed from the moment he did more on that movie than just direct it or write it that's how fucking crazy it is out here wow yeah you gotta be self-sustaining you know you gotta any movie you know that or any kind of creation you know i'm just fortunate that it's created you know what i mean like just yeah well it was great talking to you, man. And, uh, you know, I w- first conversation of many, because obviously, you know, we're going to be doing stuff together and we're going to be meeting up and all that once here in New York City. And, you know, hopefully I can I can head out to Hawaii as well. I'd love to finally see it. Yeah, man. But everybody listening at home, please check out uh, Kyler Scopacasa's I Can Feel It Coming. It's on YouTube for free. And if you're on there as well, you might as well check out uh, Oscars, which I made. Um, and, you know, Great talking to you, man. Yeah, it was great talking to you, man. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and be sure to watch our movies, Kyler's film, I Can Feel It Coming, and my film, Oscars, both on YouTube, both shot during the Oscars. And if you like the show, of course, killthelionfilms.com, $2 per month. You support the show, and you support the studio. See you soon.